0: We continue our summer sermon series on the acts of the spirit. And last week we discussed koinonia and that the koinonia that the community had as they gathered and shared their resources and fellowshipped and broke bread together. In Acts 2.43, it says that everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs that they performed. The apostles performed and today as we continue to ask the question what is the spirit doing in each passage that we read as I read Acts chapter 3 verses 1 to 10 I invite you to observe moments where vision is alluded to in various ways if you'd like to read along with me you may Or you may just, you can follow along on the screen, or just listen to the word of God. Hear God's word, beginning at Acts chapter 3, verse 1. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth, was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When the man saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking the man by the right hand, Peter helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong he jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then the man went with Peter and John into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw the man walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And all the people were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This is God's word. Thanks be to God. In January of 2011, I and a a dozen other seminary students went on a 10-day trip to Nicaragua led by Professor Mariano Avila. On one occasion, we were instructed to take a walk in a local village and make observations. What did we see, we were asked to observe. And as I journeyed off on my own, I saw a neglected playground. Broken swings, a teeter-totter without a handle, Did children ever come to play? I saw a riverbank littered with trash. Would the community ever clean it up? Was it a priority? I saw rundown streets in need of attention and houses that required patching up, a community lacking resources. I observed with Western eyes. What was I supposed to see? I wanted holy vision, revelation. I wasn't doing our assigned what-do-we-see thing correctly. Jesus, what would you see if you were walking with me? I wanted Christ to anoint my vision. Well. Peter and John seeing is central to our scripture passage today. What they see is key. Peter and John are heading to the temple for prayer and they encounter encounter a man who is crippled, lame, unable to walk. And able to get himself around such people weren't allowed in the temple. Cripples belonged outside the temple. He was relegated to the position of beggar because of his disability. He was what we would call on the margins. Verse 2, he was carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple court. On the one hand, the community takes responsibility for this man. He's just not any lame beggar. He's their lame beggar. They bring him to the gate daily, the text says. Yet, he isn't living a vibrant life. He's a beggar, a lame beggar, a fixture on the margins that temple worshipers don't even see. There's people waiting for the bus over there, and there's crossing guards in, in neon over there, and, and there's the beggar at the temple gate over here. He's there every day. In fact, it's assumed that Peter and John have passed by this beggar many times and probably even given him coins without ever making eye contact. How many times have you passed by someone on the margins and not even noticed, avoided making eye contact so as not to feel uncomfortable? Perhaps at a traffic light, an army vet holds a sign. Anything helps. God bless. Eye contact creates awkward hope. Thinking more broadly, who have our systems forced out of the center onto the margins? As we've mentioned in the service already, today, this very day is Juneteenth, which is now, in this country, a federal holiday. A day marking freedom, which came for slaves two and a half years after It was actually declared. It took two and a half years for the message of freedom to reach those who were living in Texas. And today, the impact of slavery continues to haunt our nation. Today, we still haven't repented as a country of the sin of slavery. That lack of reconciliation has caused us as a people to continue to remain afraid to see those who we have harmed. About 20 years ago in downtown Seattle, I was waiting at a traffic light with my mom, a public health worker who she was working right in the downtown Seattle at the time, right in the city. And there was a man with a squeegee working the cars, not the traffic lights. My mom looked at him and smiled, and he smiled back. And I asked her if she was concerned that he would come over and wash her window. And she told me, making eye contact and acknowledging a person affirms their human dignity i never forgotten that. Making eye contact and acknowledging a person affirms their human dignity. That's important. My mom saw the man with a squeegee. She didn't give him money, she didn't he didn't have he didn't wash her window. She saw him, smiled at him. He wasn't just a fixture. He was a man. Well, Peter and John saw the man at the temple courts. He wasn't just a fixture. He was a man. And they saw him. Verse 4 Peter looked straight at him, as did John. The word here, looked straight at him, means fixed. His eyes on the man, zeroed in on him. And then verse 4, which is a different word in the Greek, Peter says, look at us. Peter's telling the man to make eye contact. It's an invitation. Instead of being, you know, down and in this lowly state, Peter is inviting the man to head up, look at us, equal, like as, as though we're equals. We're on, connect here, eye, eye to eye, person to person. And the man does, and, and maybe, we, the text doesn't tell us, maybe the man is hopeful that he's gonna get some money because that's what he's asking for. And then the quotable quote you may have heard before Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And Peter helps him up, this 40-year-old man is instantly healed, the text tells us. He's physically healed, the story says, which means he's also socially healed, He's no longer marked to be on the margins, which means he's systemically healed. He's no longer dependent on others to carry him to the temple every day. The healing layers are many. The man goes then with Peter and John into the temple courts, jumping and praising God. Verses 9 and 10, when the people saw the man walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate. The people made the connection immediately as they marveled at the transformation. Before they could impact the man's life, Peter and John, that is, they had to first see him. Before they could bring Jesus, the, the healing transformative in the name of Jesus walk to the man, they first had to see the man. Once again, we see this transformative change following Pentecost that we talked about last week. Now, Peter and John have this Christ-like vision. They see with Christ's eyes. They see what Jesus would have seen. They see who Jesus would have seen and how Jesus would have seen. What was I not seeing when I was walking in that village in Nicaragua. Rather, who? The people. I wasn't seeing the people. Several of you were at the pride parade yesterday. I got texts, I saw so-and-so, I saw so-and-so, I talked to so-and-so. You see each other. Moms were giving hugs to people whose moms will no longer hug them. I see you. Several of you have Black Lives Matter signs in your windows, a previous SEEDS project that Dana mentioned earlier. I see you. Who do you see? Who do you not see? Ask yourself, who do you need to see? As we travel on this journey of hospitality together, as we live out this hospitality grant that we have received, robust biblical hospitality we will be continued. Will continue to be. Um, take a pause. <laughs> we will continue to be challenged to fine tune our vision. Another one. I, I, you've heard me quote Christine De Paul a couple of times. Her. Um, What's the other book called? Hospitality Team? Making Room. room. Okay, so that's the the one that we've all read as a team or are reading. Um, This is another one of Christine Pohl's books. And Christine Pohl says, Christian hospitality was a central witness to the truth of the gospel. Christian welcome to strangers and across social boundaries marked the gospel as authentic and true. So going outside our central circles, whatever they might have been, and going to the outside or the margins, or at least our margins anyway. But often it's the margins. Marks the gospel as true including the outsiders we talked about this in our our meeting the outsider the fringe not just welcoming in but becoming the middle and not just putting people in the middle but then becoming participants in the community itself enfolding into community so that the community is one this Fluid belonging to one another, equal status, we are one. As we journey in this hospitality road together, vision is part of it. And we live post Pentecost. The Spirit lives in us and continues to sanctify our vision. One of my common phrases, I know you've heard me say it a hundred times, is, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And here can can mean a variety of things. And today, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here, means here for us all. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you had eyes to see the world, the people. You love people, you see people. Give us eyes to see those you want us to see, specifically. Open the eyes of our hearts that we may see you fine-tune our vision. Draw our eyes to the places and the spaces of the exact people that you want us to see not all of us are called to see all the people on the planet you call us to see the people you have called us to see so show us who you want us to see give us each those tasks and may everyone be seen as we all fully cooperate with your holy spirit's leading and guiding Thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. We love you. Amen.